0: okay we've now established that Tj is the only one in this conversation that knows any conversation in German. Yeah. <laughs> hi and welcome to episode four of stuffing things with Rob the podcast with a vague name but a definite purpose I am your host Rob fangi I'm joined today by my constant co-host will fangi what's up will
1: uh not
0: a whole lot drinking coffee trying to
1: make it through the day how's it going
0: it's going okay, man, and uh, we are also joined today by uh, a new person, uh, Mr. T.J. Cosgrove. Hello, Hello T.J. How's it going? Not too bad. Yourself? Oh, um, having, you know, an average day here, just trying to uh, trying to make it through the weekend, man. Um, As everyone is. Yes. We,
1: did, we didn't have enough accents on the network. We thought we'd bring in another one. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, our our uh, we'll we'll now make TG our other guy across the pond. Um <laughs> you collecting us? I uh, I well, no. No, but I did I did think <laughs> that if somehow if next week we could get an Australian guy and then the week after that we could get a South African guy, we would well, basically get a have a Scottish guy too. And the Scott Okay, so yeah, and a Scottish guy the week after, then we would basically have all of the white people with that speak differently. On the network, <laughs> you got the Commonwealth. You got the British Commonwealth set up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're we're you know we're we're yeah. we're, we're moving along. You know, it's oh it's... we have to get a Canadian. Okay. Hey.
1: Oh,
0: a Hey. United word...
1: Kingdom. United Kingdom. <laughs> all four of your weird countries and the different accents. Can you name them. And- can I name oh, four countries? Yes, I can name them. This is apparently, yeah. apparently you apparently not listen to the network. This actually came up on a show a couple weeks ago. Um it is it is the uh, it's, it's Scotland, Ireland, England, and Canada. Mm, Canada? Mm. Not Canada?
2: Not Canada. What? Wheels? You ever heard of wheels?
1: The things on my car? No, yes, whales. No, yes, no, 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 no I'm uh, yes, I'm yeah. familiar. Yes. Um not Canada? You got Canada? No.
2: Canada's Canada is Canada. But they have their own prime
1: minister. But the Queen still has a thing to do with. Yeah, the-
2: she's she's still got a thing over Australia and a thing over South Africa as well. But that's the Commonwealth.
0: We're gonna so have thing I teach we'll learn English, English
1: in and not like geography. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're gonna have to put the explanation from the Wikipedia page back in the show notes for that. <laughs> this week's
1: yeah. this week's Wikipedia page brought to you by.
0: What was the what was it was it Hong Kong or Singapore? We had to explain like two weeks Kong. ago. Hong Kong, okay. Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah. Anyway, um, I would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who has uh, tweeted at us and uh, sent us correspondence with their feedback about the show. We're always happy to uh, to hear what everyone else has to say. Today, uh, we are um, much like the last show, taking on a couple of different topics today. So, uh, our first one uh in the bit of tech news of this week has been from uh Lenovo. Have do either of you guys own any products by Lenovo or are familiar with them uh on any level at all?
1: I am currently podcasting no. from a Lenovo.
0: You're currently podcasting from Lenovo. Okay.
1: Yes, the Lenovo oh, okay. th- the the Lenovo ThinkPad I'm attached to courtesy of the county um is what this is all being fed through right now. So you've learned two things. I own... Well, I don't own a Lenovo. I currently possess a Lenovo and that everything that the network produces goes through county property in the process.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Well... <laughs> so it doesn't actually belong to us. It belongs to the Rutherford County School System. I see.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, the copyright transfers to them.
1: Wonderful. Um, Great. No, I I, Great. I I think this is the only Lenovo that I own. Uh, TJ, are you... Uh, you're probably a. I I do Mac, not.
2: I you? was... I was Mac only until about six months ago when I built a, a PC for editing video.
1: And that's that's Windows, but
2: um,
0: it's a custom build, so it's not Lenovo. Okay. Had you guys heard of, uh, of Superfish? Is
1: it, is it any relation to Supertrain?
0: No, no. Supertramp? Supertramp. No. Give a little bit. Give a little bit. Um, <laughs> so anyway. I haven't uh, heard of it. No, well... They are shipping. They're, they're ba- and this is, and this is, if if you read, they are basically shipping hardware that you don't have to worry about, you know, coming across and downloading any spyware. It comes with the the spyware and the security crack already installed.
1: That's convenient.
0: Yeah, you don't, That's you very don't, effective. you don't have to do anything. It's it's already there. And their response. Um, is pretty much like you know, well, there's nothing to see here. Don't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain. And I'm thinking to myself, this isn't really yeah. In in today's digital world, how do you not go? Oh well, we need to fix that now. Where, where, where do you go? I. I, I help what me out bothers with this, you TJ. more, the fact? What bothers you more? The
1: fact that it's there or the fact that they're being so blase about
0: it? The fact, no, it's completely the fact that they're being so blase about it. It's I, I you know nothing ships perfectly. You know, not nothing you know th- th- there are things that we we deal, especially when you deal in tech. There are complicated software systems operating on even the 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 smallest and even the cheapest devices. Okay, A $300 Chromebook is still a complicated system, relatively speaking to what was what's happened in years past. And you may have, you know, hundreds of developers and, you know, 20 or 30 engineers and all these people. And all these people are human. I mean, these are machines made by people. And I get that. But this is apparently something that, one, they knew was there. Two, it was not hard for someone to completely compromise. And three, when you were told about it, you were just like, well, you know, there's, you know, it's really no big deal. The thing Uh, is they were paid to put it in as well. And that's, see, that's what gets me. So basically you're just saying we're now going to profit from poor device security? How are you you building a brand you can trust?
2: How much do you think they've damaged their brand from that? Because, I mean, bloatware isn't an old issue. That kind of stuff comes on all computers that you buy. Right. Okay. But the fact that the bloatware is dangerous and that it can compromise you using the internet is
0: somewhat novel. Well, I think this is the first one I've heard of that basically has been so simple that. You know, it, and it's this—it's this man-in-the-middle attack. It's the—you're mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, you're not necessarily hacking anything onto the user side, and you're not necessarily hacking into anything on the receiver side or on the the transfer side. It's you're just pulling up to a public Wi-Fi spot and saying, "Okay, well, let's go so here. So now I can see everything." You know, I I. I'm not
1: I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the spyware. Um and I don't think that that should be a revelation to anyone. Um I I ended up with some uh what I consider to be the most annoying of the spyware adware stuff on my computer this week. Um it's the oh, the ones where it will take words as they appear in your browser and just underline them and make them into hyperlinks to certain, it's, it's it's coupons and you can click on this and here's a thing that pops up and I don't <laughs> know precisely how it ended up on here but uh, the fact that it took me four hours that I could have been doing something else, it took me four hours to remove it all and like multiple resets and it's and the fact that, I mean it, it's bad enough that it shows up on computers but the fact that a company not only has it on there to begin with but is so like, yeah, We've realized this is a security issue, but it's only a security issue for like a couple of people if they connect to public Wi-Fi and if somebody knows what to look for. And it, but, but it's still there. Like, don't you have don't you have a responsibility as a manufacturer or as a marketer of anything to release a product that doesn't inherently damage both your reputation and possibly the security of your customers? Like, isn't that something that you at what point did this go through um, like a series of conversations, and somebody was just like, "Oh no, I think it's cool." No, no, listen, somebody's going to find out about thumbs this. Thumbs up yeah. for this. Yeah, exactly. Like as as somebody who has a little bit of a background in public relations, like this is a nightmare. Not only to think about the fact that it's there, but to think about that somebody somewhere had to yeah give it the thumbs up and say this is okay. Like this isn't something that some Rogue developer off on the side that was like, "Hey, look! I'm going to go ahead and throw this on the BIOS when nobody's looking and watch me." This is not like the Tylenol scare of what was that? The late '80s, Grandpa? Is that when the Tylenol thing happened? I, be- I believe
0: that was the '70s, homes.
1: Okay, um, it's not like the cyanide Tylenol thing where somebody's you know they've got to confiscate everything and and it's we're going to one... have to
0: link that Wikipedia article as well.
1: Yeah, it's not like <laughs> one guy that just went rogue. Like this is this has to pass through some sort of. Like, there are checks and balances for these kinds of things. Somebody's got to say this is okay, and that's...
2: It's a concerted effort towards failure, essentially.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's kind of like the whole, you know, there was a conversation a while back about the whole Uber company culture, and now it's okay for this to be happening and okay for that to be happening from the top on down, and what kind of example does that set? What does it say if somebody, not necessarily at the toppity-top, which is a thing, um, at Lenovo says it's okay, but what does it say when... Like, obviously, somebody who's got a connection to the corporate office is putting out the message that, oh, yeah, our corporate office knows about this. And eh, just relax. Take a deep breath. I'm fine with it. Yeah, no big deal. Like, what, is, like what does that say? I mean, did, they're essentially just endorsing Macs here, right? Like, this is, and I realize this will be a segue into the second topic, but this is just, this is just Lenovo saying, hey, you know what? If you don't like spyware or bloatware, just go buy a Mac. I mean, is, it, is that what's going on right here?
0: Uh, Rob, Mr. I use a Mac for everything? Um, I, I don't know I don't know uh, I'm at a loss I, I find it interesting that <clears>
2: if, <throat> this kind of reminded when I read the article it kind of reminded me of that whole thing with the U2 album where it was kind of just put on people's iPhones and iTunes without their knowledge and it's not not quite the same but it's still harmful stuff people don't want being put on U2 well,
1: is definitely harmful stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't yeah but see, I don't know if the album was that bad to be able to call it harmful but mm. you know um, uh, and it's, it's kind of the same thing as uh, the thing with the U2 album I found is a lot of the, the, the problem was you put this on here without my permission. Okay. Yeah, like people, which is the same thing. Right, we're having pe- with people the, want permission to have things on the, to people think people don't want things loaded on their devices without permission. Absolutely. This was, well, you know, we have this thing on here that's going to compromise you, but you know, whatever. I can tell you that I have been trying, I have been looking at for a while um, the possibility of buying a, I'm not going to say cheap, but an inexpensive either Chromebook or, um, you know, small netbook or or something else like that just to have around with me to when I go out or um, just so I'm not lugging all of my, uh, MacBook Pro and all of its accoutrement with me wherever it is I go just to have something small and simple that I could take out with me. I can tell you right now I'm not buying anything with a, with a Lenovo label on it and it's got nothing to do with the quality it's got everything to do with this company's reaction to you have spyware and a security compromise installed on your device and they're like mm, meh. The attitude is the problem. The attitude is absolutely the business. problem. The attitude is absolutely the problem.
1: I, I, I don't have an issue with it. <laughs> 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 I, Okay, I do. But let's just say for a second that I don't. Let's just say that I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one because that's what I prefer to do. Um, we've got to assume that Lenovo is in some way benefiting from this probably monetarily right? I mean, we've got, there's got to be some sort of, no one installs spyware or bloatware under their machines without some sort of compensation. Um, What, I don't know, I don't run a multi-billion dollar, million dollar, whatever it is, company, but I've got to think that the payoff for this has got to be pretty substantial because, again, if this has gone through a series of converse if there's been a series of conversations about this at some point somebody's got to say listen there's going to be some backlash what's the dollar figure that we can say it's okay for us to have this backlash because we made x amount of dollars and i I don't want to get into this everybody has a price thing but i i think that's really what this boils down to is it's we're getting to the point now where stuff like this is going to happen. You know, this the bulletware stuff and the, and the spyware, it's it's prevalent. It's not going anywhere because there's always going to be people out there that are trying to exploit weaknesses because, let's face it, a person is smart, but people are stupid. And the, if this is not a news story, the majority of people with Lenovo computers don't even know. You know what? I would assume that most people with Lenovo computers still don't know this is happening and still don't know this is an issue. It's a big deal in you know, our nerd world, because we keep up with the tech news, but at what point does a company start to, I don't know, sell their soul? Like, how much is your... L- Lenovo's not just your... I mean, it's it's a, it's it's a... Ugh, I was going to say it's a company. Well, obviously it's a company. It's a tech company that has, has, has a market, has made a name for itself. I mean, if the county school system has provided us with laptops with the names on them, it's not like they're just going out and buying, you know, the equivalent of a Cut-rate Costco computer. They're they're picking up something worthwhile here because they assume it's going to have a good return on investment. At what point does Lenovo say we're going to go ahead and sell our reputation? And for how much? Like, is do you put a? D- I don't see you two both produce things individually for sale and consumption. I merely administer knowledge to young people and shape the future of the world. You guys make things. Like, at what point? do you say, yes, this is worth my integrity? Like, would, I don't know. Like, what, what, it depends what, on the- What's your price, Cosgrove? Sorry. Come on, you're new. What's your price?
2: Oh, I'm going to talk about zeros here. Um, <laughs> no, I, once, I think it's different because it's not talking about an individual anymore. So there's no sense of personal integrity. If you get to that, it's it's shareholders. It's you, know, several thousand, several hundred thousand people. So does the integrity get divided over that? It's a lot easier to make a decision that- negatively impacts the business if it's not personal. Uh, yeah, I'm,
1: I'm guessing there's not a Mr. Lenovo somewhere that went, oh, exactly. this is really going to sully my name in front of everybody else. Um,
2: yeah. Okay. So they're they're seeing dollar signs and they're like, well, it's not my integrity I'm sullying.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the companies, And if we can justify it by looking at our shareholders and saying, well, look, this brought shares up or this did this or it helped us make more money. Yeah. Then, then so be it. Yeah, I can. Yeah. All right. I, I I get that. Rob, are you? You kind of. This is your show, and you're kind of rolling off in the background Do you? What, what's what's your what's your final word on this?
0: Well, I, I I think I think if you're going to and and I mean I don't again I'm not I'm not trying to sully their product, but you're they not. They did that ex- for themselves. They did that for themselves. But you're not exactly marketing yourself in the highest end, in 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 the tech space. No. So you know, you you gotta, you, you've got to either say, well, no, we we have things and we're still secure, or we have no integrity. You know, please put your personal information through our stuff. Um. However, speaking of high end tech retailers, I, I guess now. There. Yeah, I guess now we're going to we're going to go into uh, this week's edition of What's up with Apple. Um I found another article uh, speculating uh, and I believe it was was it through Macworld or 9to5, 9to5 Mac? 5 Mac had it was a through big, 9to5 yeah. Mac had a big thing on this that Apple is now considering putting in dedicated stores, like additional retail space just to sell the apple watch now i don't get this i don't know how you guys are um are interacting with your apple stores at all um yes, i you know, do. we
1: had this conversation yesterday
0: well we we briefly had this conversation yesterday but the one here in new orleans which i have recently found out is and when I went to go buy a phone and and I found this out the hard way, it is always ridiculously busy because, and uh, I've, there is, now just think about this area geographically for those of you living in the U.S. There's one in New Orleans, there's one in Baton Rouge. The next closest one is Birmingham, Alabama.
1: Is Memphis not closer?
0: Memphis is not closer, but there is one in Memphis. Yeah. There is no other one anywhere on the Gulf Coast, I think, until you get to, like, Tallahassee.
1: What if you go west? Houston. Really?
0: Really. I'm
2: going to guess these are far distances.
0: Uh, TJ, we're talking about a six-hour drive in any direction.
1: Yeah, because New Orleans and
0: Baton Rouge are, what, an hour and a half apart? New Orleans and Baton Rouge are about an hour and a half apart.
1: And then beyond that, six hours. Beyond that is
0: another like six hour drive.
1: Or basically, we could drive. in England? Yeah, we could drive around your country three times.
2: You'd be in the sea. You go for six hours constantly.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, okay. So, too few stores. Too too few stores in this thing. So you're, 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 you know, you're cramming whenever there's anything. And I mean, and I know it's got to be the same in other large urban centers. And I get that. But the one here stays busy all the time. Because if you're coming to particularly if you're coming to bring any bring in something for service, you're coming from, you know, you're driving an hour and a half from Biloxi, Mississippi. You're driving three hours from Alexandria, Louisiana. You're driving from Shreveport, unless, well, of course, from Shreveport, you could probably just go to Dallas. But you're coming in these these incredibly long distances to have this done. So there's always a ton of people in the stores. Do you I don't know upset? I don't know where they're going to put a watch display in the store that I go into.
1: Do you want to be super upset?
0: I don't know. T- t- let me know.
1: There's one in Green Hills and one in Cool Springs. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. There's th- those are two smaller subsections of Nashville TJ which is in the general vicinity where I live and then Birmingham actually the to be honest with you, the one in Birmingham is probably closer than the one in Green Hills is to me.
0: Yeah, so probably. I'm
1: I'm an hour and a half from three different stores. Yeah. So I mean, around here we've got a little bit more, but yeah, I can't even imagine how jam packed these things are going to be once they finally launch. Uh, once they finally launch a big thing. TJ, is it? Do, do you have? Do you, are there constant queues uh, of the stores? Yeah, in your I mean vicinity? there's.
2: I live near to Manchester, which is kind of like the northwest of England. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two. There's one on like a big retail place out in the middle of nowhere. There's one in the center. And they're always busy. Last time I took my MacBook in to get serviced, it was six hours, I think I waited.
1: Just Ugh. to drop it off?
2: No, no, I dropped it off. And then they were like, yeah, come back in, in an hour and we'll check it out. And I did that. And it was like, yeah, let's give us another two. And then I did that. And then it was, hey, 45 minutes. And did that. And then it was, yeah, yeah, it's not done.
1: Yeah, you can only play with the store iPad Airs for so long before you're like, come on, I really need to get out of here and go do I'm some I'm done. Work. I want to go home.
0: And I, I, let me say this. It has got. I, I have absolutely no complaint to any of the service uh, people that I've had as I've interacted with the store. Anytime on my previous uh, iMac, when I dealt with the folks at Genius Bar, they were absolutely more than helpful. Mm-hmm. Anytime I um anytime I've brought my phone in or my iPad in or any of my devices, I've always gotten great service, even though I've had to wait for it. And if I'm consistently getting great service, I don't mind waiting for it. But everyone is everywhere when you're in this store, particularly like on a weekend.
1: Oh God. There's no, I mean like it's, it's, it's there's a the genius bar and a bunch of other people that are wandering around in the same color t shirt.
0: Right. You, there's oh. there's there's not even a place like they they had to bring I think they brought in more stools because there's no place for anyone to sit down um and I don't know if if they're going to build some sort of display case to put these watches in I don't know where they're going to put it I mean as it is now you know they, they have the, they have the big you know the big long wooden tables yeah during I believe it was I believe during Christmas they basically take two of them stick them together and put them like up against the accessory section. And from there, they will sell all the accessories. There's a walk up to buy iPods. There's a walk up to buy iPads. There's a walk up to buy um, uh, or, or basically it's it's the pickup section. If you order something online, say you, you know, you ordered a, um, a MacBook Air online and said you paid for it and pick it up in the store. You get in the same... Fast track. Yeah, fast track. You get in the same line. Now, even if you did that and all you did was build a watch display on those two tables, you're basically cannibalizing 15 to 20% of the store. So while I understand, but you're going to do that, but then again, you're going to put it... So mine is in a conventional shopping mall both of them are, actually. One of them's in an outdoor mall. One of them's in an indoor mall. The one in Baton Rouge is, out, is you know is outdoor. It's got its own separate thing. It's like a giant strip mall, but it's a really high-end strip mall. Um, the one here in New Orleans, it's in the suburbs, but is still in a very conventional mall. There's no other space in any of these other places. There's no other retail space available anywhere close to those stores to just throw up a watch store. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how all this is going to be displayed.
2: I think the big problem is is as well that how many people go into an Apple store with no intention of purchasing anything? Oh, oh they're just going to play time. with the devices?
0: Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. It's going to be huge for watches.
2: <sighs> so people are going to go in. Can I try this on? Can I try on the 19-karat gold one, please? And, yeah, I'm done. Thanks. That was great.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you can't... The... One of the great and appealing things about the Apple Store is that you can do things like that. You don't have to go in and say, I'm going to buy a watch. Can I mess with it now? You can Mm -hmm. actually go in and say, you know, this is how this feels. I mean, that was a big thing when they released the the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus was people were wanting to see how they felt in their hand and how they felt in their pocket and things like that. And, I mean, even if you're going to end up buying it online, you do want to – I mean, I'm – and this is when I alluded to the conversation that Rob and I had about the Apple Store yesterday, I am due for an upgrade a week from today. So I have been oscillating back and forth between whether to do uh, an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 6 Plus, and I am trying to, you know, I'm holding my wife's uh, iPhone 6, and I'm, I have a friend who has a 6 Plus, and so I'm, I'm holding hers, and I'm trying to figure out how this is going to work and how this fits. And it's, there's something about you need to have that tangible connection if you're going to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars or pounds depending on which currency you're currently using in your locale? Um, if you're going to spend that much money, you want to, you know, make sure that it's the right fit for you, and that's, you know, that's a a thing that you need to be aware of. So this is just gonna, I, I don't know. I think the watch is gonna to be ramp the traffic up. Yeah, the watch is gonna be a headache one way, whether it's its own store or whether they just put up a display in the current existing stores. It's gonna be a headache, or month. Um, where, were they, where are they looking at putting these stores in, Rob?
0: Well, th- this was, you know, this was reported in. Uh, I believe the first one they they were talking about may have been in Paris. Um, the, another one they were talking about it, it was a couple of places in Europe, and I don't know. And and I realize I I I don't know if TJ's been to any of the stores in the U.S. Um, I haven't. No. Okay, if the ones here are any bigger or any different than the one that y'all have over there. I know as a general rule, you know, European retail spaces are much smaller than American retail spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but that tends to be because we just kind of have more room over here to kind of spread out. Yeah, um, you got more land. Yeah, <laughs> just, just just a bit. <laughs> just a bit. I just um,
2: think, I think Paris particularly is somewhere that might be targeting because it's quite upmarket. Um it's very expensive uh it kind of attracts a certain audience a certain shopper mm-hmm. if they're going to put these gold encrusted diamond encrusted iphone watches mm-hmm. then that's the kind of people they want to target they don't want to put them in strip malls they don't maybe want to put them in, in places where the people are just going to gawk at them they're not necessarily going to buy them mm-hmm. not even
1: high-end strip malls i don't know the which difference. i yeah i know yeah <laughs> I, I, I know the kind of place that you're talking about, Rob. Because I mean, uh, you know, I, I live in the South. Obviously, we have high-end strip malls around here. You're talking about like those outlet malls that have like the 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 J. Crew and the I don't know the Coach Outlet and all those other stuff. And then there's yeah, a local store I, there. It's not necessarily there's a Burberry place. There's a Burberry
0: but, place like right next door. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, hawking you know three hundred dollar cologne and whatnot. I, I, whatever.
1: Because when I think Burberry and diamond encrusted Apple Watch, I think Baton Rouge.
0: Well, that that and well, and and I'd have to get into a larger discussion about Baton Rouge, and nobody, even the people in Baton Rouge, don't care about that anymore. Um, what what is I'm curious to ask, what is your overall opinion of the Apple Watch? Do you think do you, do either of you think you would own one? TJ,
2: I don't honestly get it. I don't get the appeal. I don't really get what they're trying to make. Um, I have a Pebble watch, uh-huh. which has got a an e paper display. Uh-huh. I love it. I think it's great. And I don't really understand why they're going the the smart watch route because it doesn't really make sense. I, like, surely you want a watch that's going to last all day that you right. can actually use and that, like, you can customize. As far as I know, like on the Pebble, I can put my own watch face onto it. It's quite open. Uh, the battery lasts three four days before without charging which is pretty decent mm-hmm. and the e-paper display looks great all the time and it lights up when you shake your wrist and that's great that's what you need in a watch do you need your watch to play videos Do you need your watch to play music mm, i don't
0: know mm, probably not probably
1: i not. i really think, feel Will? like this is i really feel like this is a keeping up with the joneses sort of thing yeah um pebble came out with um with their watch, which I have wanted since it came out, and I think that now they're looking considerably more reasonable in price. I would like to look into doing that, but, you know, Pebble did it, and it was uh, it, it was kind of buggy at first. It worked okay with an iPhone, then it worked okay with an Android, and this and that, and then Android's doing all of their forward-thinking, wearable stuff with, um, you know, like Google Glass. That turned out really well, and all of the other um, wearable stuff with the Jawbone and... Um, what was the other company that was – Jawbone did the Up, and then uh, Nike did the Fuel Band, and then all these other things. So the wearable thing is there, and so Google goes, okay, well, we're going to do this um, uh, w- w- uh, Android Wear. So we got the Moto 360 and everything else. And obviously I know that product cycles aren't reactionary like this. I know that somebody at Apple didn't just hear about like the Moto 360 and Android Wear and go, oh, shit, we really got to get our stuff together. We should go ahead and make sure we announce this at the next event in three months. No, I know the product cycle takes longer than that, but it almost feels it's not like Apple to push out a product that isn't okay. It's not like Apple of old to push out a product that isn't well thought out, well engineered, well designed, and well purposed. Um, That obviously has fallen a little by the wayside here recently. Um, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of scrutiny and crosstalk about how well ios 7 was um how it didn't it didn't turn out well when it was released it was kind of buggy and now we've got the well apple 8.2 is in beta but let's go ahead and release the beta for 8.3 and you know they're kind of losing that reputation of having everything being great and polished when it's released but this almost seems less so even than some of these os updates it's hey we're going to talk about it and we're going to release it in the spring, and I realize we're only at the end of February, but you'd think there'd be a little bit more buzz about some of the specifics by now, and it just seems like they're not ready, but they almost feel like they've got to rush it to market. I, uh, I'm i not interested. Apple stuff is always a little bit outside my price range. I live in a house that's funded by a state salary and a small business, so we can't go and buy the the highest and nicest things all the time. And Apple, you know, good they make or they at least have a reputation for making really high-quality products, really good stuff, and that's why they can charge top dollar for them. I, I would rather have the $100 or $200 e-ink display that lasts the entire week and is established than to put my, uh, all of my eggs in my diamond-encrusted apple basket and hope that this thing <laughs> that they're rushing to market is going to actually work.
0: I, I have not worn a wristwatch regularly, in probably 7 or 8 years.
1: That's cuz you'd lose it in a body.
0: Well, no, actually I wouldn't, but because I am constantly kind of cleaning and washing my hands so much, it uh it kind of got to be a pain. Um my this is this was not uh lost on my lovely wife and this year for Valentine's Day actually bought me an engraved analog pocket watch. Oh, on a chain, on a chain with the uh, you know the, cool. the, the little thing that can attach to your belt and everything else, um, you know it's it's the the round thing where you you push in on the bezel and the you know the little spring loaded cover flips open and everything else. It's it's really cool. So I'm actually looking forward to doing that. I'm gonna ha- have to uh, send that out on Instagram just so everybody can see what it is I'm talking about. Because you know when I tell people, oh I, my wife bought me a pocket watch, they go pocket watch, pocket watch. Oh the thing on the chain, yeah yeah yeah. So- yeah. Uh, it's just not a common thing like anymore. I feel like they're G- a revival. You know, it it would it would honestly be nice if um is is the Apple Watch coming out in that form?
1: Oh, I would do that. That is something that I would I would oh, I would so I good. would do that. Yeah, I realize it kind of don't defeats know. the purpose because you have it on your <laughs> wrist, so you don't have to take something out of your pocket, and you're basically buying another thing to put in your pocket. Your Pocket, right? But I would do that beside your iPhone. Yeah, I would do that. I, I don't know why that seems so much more appealing to me, but I I would definitely consider. An Apple Pocket Watch. Um, you know what I wouldn't consider is an Apple Car.
0: Yeah. That
1: seems you want to talk about half baked. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, th- this this has happened because apparently Apple has hired a whole a whole bunch of people who have experience in this area, or they have been you know rumored to to inter- have been having interviewed people in this area. So it has now of course caused rampant speculation across the interwebs that Apple is going to buy or 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 is going to make a car. Now <clears throat> I own a few things made by Apple. I do not see myself um piloting anything or riding in anything uh made by apple um at least not for a long 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 time or unless apple buys general motors either or you know i mean that's always a possibility but hey um
1: siri could be your co-pilot <laughs> uh,
0: that's not you, frightening at all f- you know for would just drive you would even have anything to do with it Apparently, this is one of the things that they're that they're talking about. Is that, you know, because because Apple Maps worked out so well.
1: Oh God! (laughs) You know that's always any time that there's going to be a vehicle conversation brought up that's going to have Apple's name attached to. They're going to be like, hey, you guys remember when Apple Maps really sucked and people drove into lakes?
0: Did someone actually drive into a lake?
1: Oh, dude, that happened multiple times. Well, it may oh. not have
0: been more Apple. user error. Well, <laughs> says make failure. a left, <laughs> but I'm
1: supposed to make a. It says make a left. You make a left. You're in a lake, and that may or may not have been the plot of an episode of The Office. Are <sighs> The Office, TJ? Not you're The Office. Are The Office? Yeah, yours is better. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure not Ricky that, Gervais genuinely. would not be happy to hear you say that, but I'm, I he takes me as a man who's not happy to hear a lot.
2: Yeah, also, I, I don't actually know him either, which is kind of it's not that small place
1: oh okay well (laughs) anyway apple cars um if the mock-up on this other nine to five mac article is uh, and i realize that's got to be somebody obviously made that up like somebody spent way too much time in i almost said photoshop and i would have given it away somebody spent way too much time in some sort of um markup drafting drawing thing to make that's an ugly car it's fugly oh yeah that's bad (laughs) Like that's that's what would happen if the the robot from um that oh, what was that Disney movie that came out a few years ago with the robot in it, it was set in the future.
2: Oh, Wally. Yeah, if well, Wally yeah.
1: had sex with a smart car, like that's what would come out of it. <laughs> I'm
2: not driving that. Do you think it has a MagSafe like fuel pump that you just clip onto the side oh, of the car? Oh,
1: that would be great. Yeah. That would so fun. Um, yeah that that would be interesting. What happens when you decide you're either going to download the beta software for it, or there's a bug in the other one, and your headlights don't come on? Like that could. You don't be even
2: have to follow the maps to drive into the lake; it'll actually just drive you into the lake for you.
1: <laughs> you need a bath.
0: <laughs> well, it's you know they're speculating because you know, finally, you know, Apple's really good at thinking outside of the box and the the auto industry, you know, well the auto industry at least in the US, you know, is is stuck in this old model and they they can't, you know, they don't have the the speed in their in their workflow to adapt and you know, they they're really good at design and nobody's coming out with new gasoline cars anyway, so this, you know, electric thing or hybrid electric thing will of course be the absolute best and um I, I I don't know. Call me, you know, and and I'm sure TJ can tell me call me your your stereotypical fat american. I want my big american car. Even oh.
2: we want the big american cars we just can't afford to fuel them. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you for backing me up on that. <laughs> like, I I want, you know, I, and I, I, maybe it's because I spent a whole lot of time driving basically for a living. I used to do inspection work, so I'd have to drive from site to site to site to place to place to place. I would spend, you know, six or eight hours in a car every day. Um, I really like you know, the, the driving experience. I don't necessarily know if that I want that taken away from me. Maybe two or three generations from now, things might be different, but I think I still want to stay behind the wheel.
1: You don't, well, okay, so you're not down with self-driving, but would you be down with, I don't know, either a smaller car or an electric car or a combination of the two? And I realize going into this, and TJ, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of this man standing up. Rob, you're over six feet, and you're not what most people would call spelt.
0: No, I'm not Svelte.
1: <laughs> um, so, and they always make the joke and well, not they always make a joke when we talk about, um, at one point, our father who looks much more like Rob than he does like me, uh, he owned a mini and yeah. that was kind of, I mean, dad's right at about six feet and he's again, not what anyone else would consider skinny either. He refers to it as table muscle. He's a big guy. Um, <laughs> but the, Dad in a Mini was not something that looked remarkably comfortable, but at the same time, it got much better gas mileage and it was easier to maneuver on the roads and things like that. Rob, would you consider um, a smaller car or an electric car or, like I said, a combination of the two if you knew it was better for the environment and the future and your bottom line?
0: I'm, I'm not opposed to the concept of an electric car. I am not opposed to um, having a um, having a smaller car. Um, maybe it's because this this thing you know on the website looks like some sort of cyborg roller skate on steroids.
2: It's not a pretty car.
0: No, no, and and may, maybe you know maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's because I you know as you say I work in a visual medium, so when I see something that is not visually pleasing, I'm automatically against it. Maybe so. I don't know. That's legit.
1: I mean, that that thing does not
0: look like it would be very safe
1: in a crash. Either.
0: No, no, no. And I mean, you know. Is that a course... wing
1: on the back? What is that? Oh, it's a
2: taillight. It doesn't look like yeah. a car. That's the problem. Someone's gone. Yeah. This is how everyone makes what? cars. And then we're going to do this, which is not. It whatever looks like a car.
1: Does. It looks like a sidecar for a
0: motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. World War Two motorcycle. It looks, car. It looks. It looks like something that would be a convenient trailer to haul behind my truck. It looks like something I could attach to my current car um, for more storage options is basically like what the, that looks like. It looks
1: like. like a Mars rover that you could put a person in.
0: Maybe. Maybe. That would also be remarkably that not safe. That was— Out in the moon buggy beside each other? That was almost uh, one of our topics for this week, but um, I thought that may, that may have gone a little bit too serious uh, for, the, uh, for the S&T. Um, the people who are now saying, okay, I'm willing to go die on Mars—
1: Oh yeah. Oh the, man, what? A of those people.
0: You know, diner? good, good for you.
1: Hey, dude, that's an automatic Wikipedia page. Like, oh yeah. If you if you if you're one of the first three people to die on Mars, like that is that is a Wikipedia page. And if that's you know that's a thing you want to do, and you want to you know maybe drive an Apple. Ooh, what if Apple was getting into the moon buggy game?
2: Mm.
1: Maybe they are with this. Ooh, we're gonna speculate now. This is rampant <laughs> speculation here on the S and T. Apple isn't actually getting into the electric car game. They're getting into the electric space dune buggy game. Yeah, that's Nailed it. (laughs) Oh, man. Why is it always blue? Why is blue the color of technology? Tron, I blame you.
2: This Actually, you're right. This looks as if it should have a solid line of pixels coming out the back of it and that you should race each other in them to try and crash into the, the solid wall that you've made behind your, yes. your vehicle. Yes, this That's what it looks
1: th- like. this is Apple's Tron car. This is <laughs> it l- literally getting off the rails. Literally, it would fall off the rails and then explode into pieces. Um, no Tron.
0: Well, speaking of sp- speaking of getting off the rails, um, speaking of Tron. Uh, speaking of Tron, actually, um, when I'm, I'm now going to try to bring the podcast back onto its next topic. Um, is it this Tron? week? actually no it's not tron uh this week i know on our last show um i talked about uh 20 years of being online um this week photoshop celebrated its 25th anniversary 25 25- you blow your mind right now uh, okay it's older than me yeah yeah Ugh. I- yeah, I I, I, fi- I figured it would be. I figured that yeah. somewhere in here, you know, we're t- we're talking about something older than than a lot of people who are, will, you know, who who use it, you know. I oh. mean, it's it's got a serious, you know, user base of younger people.
1: I am I'm by uh, of, of the four regular hosts we have on this network. I am the youngest and now I feel old. So <laughs> thank you, Cosgrove. You're officially never invited back ever. Oh, come uh-huh. on, I'm man. make a kind well, Come on, you man. can be invited back to Rob's show. He can do that. <laughs> well, I, don't, getting, I
0: I think TJ would be a, a great person to have on the Uprising for uh, uh, for, his, for his work in video and things like that. I mean, we're always looking to have cool people that do cool things absolutely. on the Uprising. We're
1: always looking to have anybody to do anything on the Uprising. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: well, we'll have to uh, spend some time after the show and see if we can get TJ booked. Okay. Sounds good. Um, but 25 years. Go. I actually if you if you read the the Macworld article which is a very, you know, which is actually a very short piece. In the Macworld article there's a link to the blog that was put up by Adobe itself. And as I read this and as you're reading the conversation they're having with the guy who created this piece of software that has now grown into this, you know, amazing piece of technology. He was a guy who took pictures with a film camera, who developed them in his basement, who you know, who used all these analog tools and said, "Let's find a way to create this digitally." And now look at what it's grown into. Somehow, I don't know wh- I don't know why, but as I was reading that yesterday, I felt so validated. <laughs>
1: He created because, a thing that has become... It's a verb.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I wrote that down too.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, how do you... that You made a thing that isn't just so... It's not just a huge part of like the technology canon and, and the thing that, that exists and is there and is super prevalent. It became its own word and its own verb. I mean, I'm sure that the guy that came up with Commando is super excited that his word about not wearing underwear ended up in the dictionary, but... But Photoshop is like, it's,
0: it's a thing. Were um, Were you surprised at all, TJ, to also know that it um, it was also one of the first things they intended for it to do was to be used in film? To I, I be did, used in motion I, I, stills and things like that? I kind of suspected that's what it was done because obviously uh,
2: for years and years they did it all analog with, and that's very labor-intensive and very mm. easy to mess up. So I, I figured that was a big part of it, but I didn't realize it was... It's kind of funny when you when you say it to, to realize that this guy who built this completely digital workflow had
0: absolutely no experience in digital workflows whatsoever.
2: It wasn't even a thing.
0: Right, right. Well, They, they came up with this. They spend a fair amount of time in the uh, Adobe article basically stating that they created this before there was a good way to work with it. They created yeah. this before a digital camera they created this before there was a digital printer. Like where you still had to send things out in RGB and then have them printed in three layers of RGB to where if you were a person that went out, took a 36 exposure roll of film and then decided you wanted to have it processed and everything else, to Photoshop it then to make 36 prints would have been thousands of dollars. Like I, I, I have to I have to look this up. I have to, I have to find the, the actual number. Because, it's interesting they, because it blew they, my they, mind.
2: Yeah. They built something before there was a, a need or even a want for it. And how many people are doing that now that in twenty five years they'll have built something that we think, how do we ever live without this? But there's absolutely zero
0: use or zero workflow necessary for it right now? Yeah. When Photoshop one point came out to print a photo, to print a photograph that you ran through Photoshop 1.0, um, would have cost you around two thousand dollars. Therefore, a thir- therefore a standard roll of 35 millimeter film would have been somewhere between thirty five and forty thousand dollars to make prints from.
2: Oh, no. At least I guess if you were using Photoshop, you'd know which ones you liked.
0: Maybe so. It, well, it was really advanced culling software at that point. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And then you knew, you know, you knew if you couldn't fix it, well, then it wasn't getting fixed. You know, there's not 40 people you can send it to now to go, well, what about this level? What about this tint? You know, and I I also found it really, really interesting that it really did come from analog and that he created the levels panel because of the dials he was using on his analog uh, print enlarger. Oh man, that's cool. It's, and, and you know, it, it, I'm like, there are very few people now, well, not, not very few, but the people now who work in the same way that I do in that you shoot analog and then turn to digital, there's not, you know, we're certainly not the majority. But to hear that this, you know, all this stuff that I currently use, this is where it originally came from was a very cool experience.
2: Is that like the original skeuomorphism where it's you're designing something that looks like the original version of it? You know, the way Apple did this for a long time, they had like the faux leather and faux paper. This is like this is genuine cuz he he didn't have a a workflow established and so he just copied what already existed in the analog form. I you know, I I don't know.
0: I don't I I I find that interesting. I I really do. Yeah. I really do. Do you um do you guys think that in, you know, I think this has enough staying power that in 25 years from now, we're still going to be talking about Photoshop.
1: There's always going to be, especially now that things are becoming more digital, um, as opposed to analog, which by the way, if you're interested in both the digital and the analog, Rob, (laughs) there's a podcast on this network that covers both (laughs) of those (laughs) topics. Um, plug. plug. Yep. DuckRid. Um, released every other Thursday, coming out this Thursday on the Nerd Enterprising Network. Um, no, as especially as we stay or as we transition more and more digital, there's always going to be either for professional or purely hobby related, uh, or interest level reasons, people are gonna wanna make corrections to or corrections or changes to digital images, be those stop motion images Rob like you make or videos T J like like you do, there's I mean, we, I, I think about the editing and the other things that we have to do just with you know with this medium, and there's there's always going to be a need for people to make it just a little bit better, or just a little bit brighter, or just a little bit clearer. Um, and Photoshop is, I mean, it's it's the name. It is the mm-hmm. it. Everybody else, it's either it's either Photoshop or a thing that's like Photoshop. Like no one ever says oh, well, no, I use Macromedia Fireworks. And everybody goes, oh, I know exactly what that is. No, you say, oh, yeah, well, I, I have Macromedia Fireworks. And they're like, what's that? And you're like, oh, it's a Photoshop clone. Or yeah. I use GIMP. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's a, it's a free version of Photoshop. Or I use um, Paint.net. It's kind of like Photoshop, but it's free. Everything is like Photoshop or close to Photoshop or something like that. So, yeah, Rob, I agree with you. I think it's got enough staying power. I don't know about another 25 years, but it's definitely not something that's going to leave the... It's entered the popular consciousness. It's outside of just things that people in your image production world or our shared tech world talk about. I mean, if you say, oh, that image has been Photoshopped, um, you know, your average person in the grocery store line is going to know what that means.
2: I think it's interesting that we're talking about the mobile future of Photoshop. And I think if you take it 25 years from now, Photoshop isn't going to look anything like what it is now. Um, If you look at apps like Instagram... You can add filters, you can sharpen, you can you can crop, you can do all this kind of thing. How long before you have Photoshop built into cameras, Photoshop built into your mobile phone, and instead of having to put it onto your computer and try and edit on a separate device, you take your photo and you never see that original photo because you get it sort of pre-processed with, oh, we've added this and we've smoothed your skin and we've, we've taken out these blemishes and we've cropped it down to a proper size. How much of that is going to be automatic right out of the camera?
1: That makes you nauseated, doesn't it, Rob?
0: It it quite frankly does.
1: I knew it would, Mister Analog Photography. It it quite frankly does. Getting something pre processed just makes you sick to your stomach.
0: Well, the other, um, the other thing I have about that is, it's. I think we're a fairly long way off for technology for that. Like, say for for example, like you know, my DSLRs. I don't know where you're going to have the room for that to be able to interface all that. You're talking about having to put a substantial sized, you know, for what I do. I mean, I've only got a, you know, what is it, a three and a half inch LCD in the back. So trying to get that done on something that's smaller than the interface on an iPhone would be, I think, probably next to impossible. Um, that's why I think a lot of it's going to be automated and that you don't actually right. get the fine tuning. You get the kind right. of,
2: I want this, and they do it, you know, three yeah. set levels of
0: medium, lighter, mm-hmm. extreme yeah and then you of course then you have different permutations of who uses what and that develops into a style and every and everything like i i i i can see how that would go i i still think i'm too much of an old curmudgeon to like it but <laughs> i uh <laughs> i th- i think that there's I a
1: possibility for there to be like a companion device like your camera either comes with i mean i can see um i don't know who who's making cameras these
0: Mean, Canon like Canon Nikon, let's, I, can, I
1: can yeah I can see Canon releasing in a few years like um uh,
0: like, like a companion tablet like something like an iPhone yeah, that yeah, would something connect like through that. Wi-Fi and yeah, yeah. it yeah connects through Wi-Fi yeah. or
1: or or low-end or the the low signal Bluetooth or whatever so mm-hmm. that you can do that kind of processing and it only it only like it won't do everything that an iPhone will do but it'll give you that bigger display on the side and I mean mm-hmm. how often do you use the lcd as opposed to the viewfinder to take pictures I, I don't feel like
0: almost never
1: yeah that's what i'm saying so you yeah. remove the lcd altogether just give the viewfinder put the lcd in its own separate device you save battery which i'm sure is a thing that you think about on a regular basis and mm.
0: you know well, considering you... i worked with a, i work with a camera that doesn't have a screen on the back of it fairly regularly still so it really doesn't make a whole lot of difference to me Yeah, you just Um,
1: you separate into two different um, you make it one entire workflow. And we've really got to get bells for when we use the word workflow in all these podcasts. Yeah, you you separate it and make it to instead of having to take your pictures on your Canon and then put them in an Adobe product and then upload them to a web service. Canon just packages everything together and says, we'll give you the camera. We'll give you the software. We'll give you the hosting. Um, It all comes together in this one package. Um, I can definitely see it going that way uh, and whoever ends up getting, if it does decide to go that way, whoever ends up getting the Adobe license for Photoshop is obviously going to be the front runner in that space if that's the direction that it goes. But again, that's there's a lot of supposition.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of supposition there and also as we're, as we're talking about this, um, I consider all this a possibility at the consumer level. But for a advanced user, and especially as a pro user level, it's going to be a long, long time before yeah. someone doesn't process images they're getting paid for through a computer and software they trust. Because that's a big thing. Well, that's a big thing. And and we started this, this podcast talking about a company that has not instilled a whole hell of a lot of trust in anybody to... You know, people, you know, you can call me an Apple fanboy all you want. Okay. I'm really an Adobe fanboy, like, to to an extent where I think some of the stuff they make is incredible. I would trust them with things I use to earn a living a thousand times more than I would now Indeed. trust Lenovo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I mean, I, and 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 TJ, I don't, do you use Premiere Pro for your for stuff? I use your I the stuff? Creative Cloud. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm a, a cloud user as well. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, and I know a lot of people very recently because of I don't know how much you know about this, the whole Final Cut Pro X scandal that went on a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, months ago. Um, basically, they dumbed down Final Cut, and uh, people started moving away. Uh-huh. So, there's been a mass exodus, at least in the video world, towards Premiere and back to Avid.
0: Okay. So, okay that that you know I, I i'm not i'm not part of that industry um i own um two different dslrs both of whom both of which take uh hd video um mm-hmm. i've used one of them precisely once <laughs> i watched my dogs run down a hallway like i started it whistled the dogs ran down the hallway i turned it back off looked at the video to make sure it worked and i've never turned it on again i bet it looked great though it did i'm like wow that's and i only even looked at it on the screen i'm like that's amazingly clear video okay back to stills you know (laughs) (laughs) and that's not and that's not to say you know i just it's not what you know there are people that do awesome video work i'm just not one of them you know, I'm sure that if I wanted to, I could probably dabble a little bit more in it um, yeah. than I do. Actually, I was at a, um, uh, I was at a, a festival here in New Orleans and I'm walking, you know, I'm walking around with my camera and a guy who's got a camera very similar to mine, who's out there and he's got the, you know, the 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 road kind of boom mic rig that fits on the hot shoe. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of all this other stuff. And he's out he's out there, obviously, clearly doing video. And he sees me, he sees my camera, and he sees my lens. And he goes, Man, how are you liking the video with that lens? And I'm like, I don't I don't know. Huh? I don't I just, <laughs> oh no, that is my next purchase, man. I am buying that like seriously. The neck the next few bucks coming out of my paycheck are going for that lens. And I'm like, that's awesome. But I don't know any apparently I have a great video lens. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just I don't do it, but you know, tomorrow
2: I'll be filming a music video with a counter 5D Mark III. Okay, just to give you an idea.
0: No, I song. yeah, I, that that's that's mine. I I have that. Yeah. Uh, yep. I'm <sighs> losing <laughs> words and camera thing. <laughs> yeah. We're we're sorry to leave you out the loop. Well, we were just kind of nerding out uh, on our on our own stuff there.
1: Let's talk about curriculum. <laughs>
2: Oh, please. Talk your curriculum to me. Oh,
0: goodness. Goodness, Something,
1: something, grammar, Oxford, comma, something, something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I make podcasts. I don't, yeah, I got got that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's okay. But two of the four podcasts on your network are pushed through Adobe uh, editing stuff. So, you know, you're you're, you're invested. Yeah. You're invested.
1: As long as you understand it, man. (laughs) (laughs) You... We can have TJ back, so you guys can geek out about all this stuff. You know, I know a guy that runs a network. If you wanted to do a digital photography podcast, I'm just saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Digital photography, yeah. videography. If you think there's a niche for that, we can make that happen. Niche, yeah, we, we ring the bell for that too.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> we say niche. Oh yes, yeah, yep, so do we. Yeah, so do we. Uh,
1: it's, we say it all around here. Um, <laughs> Rob, what else you got? Because uh, I feel like we're we're running it over an hour here. Which is oh, fine yeah, because I'm sure that people love to hear Canon Mark three set right cut yes, fourteen exactly. Apple oh, Watch. Exactly. So close. I know.
0: So um, close. So close. So close. So anyway, we are now uh time for the um the secret question that time um, for the
1: secret question. Here's the thing Internet. where I always sing about a thing <laughs> on the podcast
0: i'm glad you're doing that by yourself now and i'm not gonna have to go back and take the snippet from last one to bring into this one you just made my editing a whole (laughs) lot easier
1: it's just easier if i sing every individual time so i'm done
0: good good okay on on behalf of the listeners i'm asking you to stop um today is (laughs) (laughs) Uh, today as we record this is february 22nd tonight gentlemen is the academy awards
1: Oh, you don't say. That's a thing now.
0: That's a thing. I looked through the nominees last night and realized I have not seen any. Any movie? Of the pictures nominated for Best Picture.
1: What's nominated for Best Picture?
0: Oh, see, now you're going to ask me to look this up.
1: Oh, it's not like oh, heaven forbid you do some sort of backwork for the secret <laughs> question. If your secret question is going to be what do you think is going to win Best Picture, and you don't know what the nominees for Best Picture are, and I'm not saying that's your question. I, it's I don't not. Know the, it's
0: a, it's actually not the question.
1: Oh, by the way, the answer to that is Grand Budapest Hotel. That okay, is the obvious given answer. I realize it's a Wes Anderson film, but man, it was it was good. Okay, I, I enjoyed
0: it. All right, um, here is, here are, here's the list. American Sniper, Birdman, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Now, I had to look up to remember what Whiplash was. The rest of them I was at least somewhat familiar with.
1: What, you mean like the medical term Whiplash.
0: No, I know what I know what the term is, but I didn't remember what the movie was about.
1: I never heard of that. No, I I have heard of approximately three of those movies, and that's because I've seen Grand Budapest Hotel. Selma is no doubt about civil rights.
0: It is a it is the story of uh, Martin Luther King at the time of I believe the Selma boycotts. Okay. I'd I'd, and, I'd have to I'd have to look that up. I'm not I'm not hundred percent. I, I I did not see it. I'm I'm speculating about there, but I believe it has to do with those things. Yes.
1: And boycotts the one that was like, that was the long con, right? The one that was like shot without makeup over a long extended period of time.
0: Boyhood, yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and the other ones I haven't even heard of. Okay. So I'm obviously very involved in. Okay. Cinemas. So
0: you'll take so so my question is. What is the best movie you've seen in the last year, even if it was nominated for Best Picture for this year?
1: Ooh, Best is so... TJ, I'm going to have to let you go because I'm going to have to figure out what I think Best oh, is. Oh, you dropped me in it, man. I
2: don't know. I Just when you were saying that list there, I, I feel like the worst media professional ever. I have not seen any of those. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, yeah. I've then been I don't feel nearly time, as bad. I don't watch an awful lot of television. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think of films I've watched. I watch a lot of old films. I watch a lot of old sci-fi. I watch a lot of old television. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to think of something vaguely recent that I've seen. And I'm drawing a blank. Oh, man, this is... I'm watching The Twilight Zone at the minute to put it
1: into perspective, so that's oh, like
0: okay, 60s, okay. yeah. All right. Well, no, that's perfectly fine. The last,
1: I... last three movies I've seen. Okay. Um, In... Descending or an ascending order, so we'll start at the bottom and work their way up. Uh, I watched Clue this week. Oh, okay. Clue. Um, if you'd like to know more about what I thought about Clue, there's an episode of Bipolar <laughs> coming out of this network this week, probably on Wednesday, that will tell you all about how I feel about Clue because that was what Andy had me That was what Future Andy had me watch. So I watched Clue. Um, I watched Grand Budapest Hotel, which cinematically is probably the best film that I've seen in a couple of years. Um, I'm often on a Wes Anderson fan, but that is, it's a really, really, really well-done film. I'm not typically a Ray Fiennes fan, and he did a really good job in that movie. Really, really, I'm going to say a lot. Um, okay. And, but I have to say, my favorite movie, maybe not the best cinematically, but my favorite movie um, that I've seen in the last year was definitely Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Okay. Oh, it was. Oh, I,
1: re- I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, not even from a Marvel standpoint, because I wasn't familiar with the comic book background on that just from a purely fun movie to watch. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that I can, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's, there's I, as a 30-something guy, have uh, a collection of movies that I can turn on at any given point, watch 10 minutes in the middle of, get some genuine enjoyment out of, and then turn off if I have to go somewhere, and that movie definitely fits into that category. It's It's got a lot of different uh, qualities and characteristics that make it infinitely watchable, I think. Um Le- oh, Lego Movie was this past year, too, though, wasn't it? Oh, man. Lego yeah, Movie was this past too. Yeah, I am. Well, I, um, I won't go Zero Dark Thirty. I have seen that, and that was pretty good. He was in that. But, um, no, yeah, le- le- and, and I'm sh- totally showing my nerd side here. But, yeah, Lego Movie and Guardians of the Galaxy were both really good, and both in that I can watch it a few times and get something new out of it every time category. Hmm. okay. What about you, uh, sir? Are you going to completely outclass us?
0: Uh, actually i'm I'm not re- really interesting. Uh, i'm not I'm not trying to outclass anyone. I just realized that I think, like a whole lot of other people this time of year of, wow, I really haven't seen a lot of movies this year. Yeah. And when I felt this way last year, I said that was something that I was gonna correct. And I still didn't. And I don't know if that's if that's because of, you know the the lifestyle that I lead or that I'm just like I'm crazy, super busy or you know, what's going on. I feel terrible that I am a very big uh, Tolkien fan. I was a fan of the books before they ever made a movie. Um, Speaking of your nerd side, um, I saw all of the Lord of the Rings trilogy in the theater, in IMAX when available, like the whole bit. I did the first thing with the first two Hobbit movies. I still have not seen the final Hobbit movie. Boycott. Like, I I didn't go.
1: Boycott, not watching them. Mm. Boycott. Meh.
0: Well, I I also feel the same way, is that by the time I got most of the way through the second movie, that it, it, it deviated so far from the book that I was just like, you know what? Never mind.
1: I did not read the novel. I did not read the, the Hobbit novel when I was younger. I actually didn't read it until I taught it to my students for the first time about three or four years ago. And I am such a fan of the novel that when I was when when at first I thought they were just gonna break it into two movies, I was uh I was a little trepidatious about that. And then when I heard they were breaking mm-hmm. into three out I, I just, mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. can't. It's not that no. I mean breaking the Lord of the Rings trilogy And I mean, those are some substantial books. You can tell that there are some points that he's just writing to increase the word count. <laughs> like, um because, you know, it's a, that's you know, the thicker books it looks more impressive, whatever. Um but The Hobbit was, it's a great story, but it's, you just, you, I don't even know. See, that's what may, and I, I'm not, I don't know that I can speak with any authority about how true to the story the films are, but I can tell you that, I, I don't know that if I decided to take a dedicated time to do it, it would take me six hours to read the book.
0: I can tell you that as a person that has read the book, mm, I'll to say more than three times, as I stood up to leave from the second movie, I felt like I have just participated in a money grab.
1: Oh, that's disappointing.
0: You know, mm. in that in that it's uh, fairly true to the story and it is very visually compelling. I mean, I, I don't know how, how T.J. feels being a filmmaker or not, but you can't argue that they veered well from the original story. You can't say they didn't make an epic movie.
2: Oh, yeah. Technically, you know, in, very, a, in a technical sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not a big fantasy fan. I mm-hmm. like science fiction. OK, and so when the elves and the orcs and the, and the hobbits start rocking up, I, I start checking out I'm honest. OK, but, um, all right. No, that's fine. That's fine. I, like you say, I liked it from a technical standpoint. It was very well put together. He did some crazy stuff with like filming in 60 frames per second that he said made it look more realistic. And everybody else said it made it look like a camcorder. There's a mm-hmm. whole thing about that um well, yeah yeah i don't know yeah i think certainly making 3 films out of one book and then making mm. b- after having made 3 films out of 3 books is curious and uh probably motivated by financial reasons rather than artistic ones
1: yeah the novel has a lot going on in it and it's it's a great story and it moves very very quickly like there are I have to have this conversation with my students every year about what the climax of the book actually is, and which of these many different like every year we go over it. And if I choose not to read it as I'm teaching it to my students, they will remind me of oh well, this was a conflict and that was a conflict and this happened. And there's so much that happens in the book that could be you know a huge blockbuster scene that I can I can see you stretching into two different movies and making it legit if you you know decide you're going to stretch out the dialogue and and not move it as quickly as the novel moves, but You know, those are, Peter Jackson makes long films. Yeah. Like, I remember Rob sitting on a futon in your old apartment and watching the director's cut of the first two Lord of the Rings movies in one day, and that was like an eight and a half hour day. Like, and that's, (laughs) so, trying to think to myself, I I, I, I could not legitimately, I could not with any good conscience make that novel into an eight hour epic much less whatever it ended up being with all three of the movies put together. It's a great book. It would have made two wonderful movies, but nobody's making pairs of movies anymore. It's all about the trilogies. Hmm. Three or bust. It's, it's got to be what it is. Um, I'm looking forward to Ghostbusters 3, to be honest with you. That's mm, definitely not going to be yeah. a reboot at all. Mm. Um, they got to the for that.
0: The original answer, my answer to the question... Um, oh, right, there was a question. Yeah. Before before we kind of got kind of <laughs> off the rails here. I actually watched the, uh, the Sean Levy film, This Is Where I Leave You, when my wife and I um, rented it through, uh, like, on demand here. And I'm not going to say that it's been either the best film of the year or my favorite movie ever, but I will say it's something that I went into thinking I would not like, and I actually liked a good deal. And I can always... You know, I I call that a good experience with movies. If you think you're not, eh, I don't know, you want to watch this? Okay, fine. But at the end of it, I, I've I've really came out liking it and want to recommend it to to other people that thinking that they may have a similar experience if they were originally you know somewhat hesitant to watch that film.
1: Okay, this is where I leave you. I'll
0: yes, with uh, Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Jane Fonda.
1: Oh, uh, I can I can get down with that. I'm I'm yeah. a Jason Bateman fan. Yeah, he, I,
0: was, he was quite good at it, actually.
1: I like Jason Bateman. I like Tina Fey. So I could, uh, I, I, I could, I could definitely do that. Um, speaking of science fiction, and this is yet another shameless plug for this book that, uh, Rob, I still promise you I'm going to buy you because, remember, you're reading more this year. Exactly. Um, TJ, have you read The Martian?
2: I have not, but I've heard it mentioned many a time. It looks very, very good.
1: It is, uh, as far as realistic science fiction goes, and this is the second episode of a podcast on this network with Rob and I on it that I've mentioned it because I told Rob back around New Year's I was going to buy him a copy for his birthday, which was more than a month ago. And I still haven't done it, and that's horrible because it's $3 <laughs> on the Kindle. Um, it's really, really good for science fiction. So um, I almost made a reference to it earlier when we were talking about the moon buggies, so... Uh, for science fiction, as far as novels go, this is me plugging The Martian yet again. I will make sure to put a link to that in the show notes. Rob, if I wanted to read the rest of the show notes for this episode that has alluded to many different articles and other pieces of nonfiction like Wikipedia articles,
0: where would I find those? Uh, that would be at nerduprising.co. Is it slash stuff things there would, or slash stuff in things? Why do we is, always stumble uh, over this?
1: Oh, God. It's, um, uh, slash stuff and things with Rob. I think we're checking it right now. I'll know in a second.
0: Yes. 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 Think, nerd slash stuff and things with Rob slash four.
1: Yeah, we'll go with that. Is that how we're doing it? Okay. Yeah. Slash four.
0: Eight. Slash four. Okay. So that's Here where the show
1: are. notes will be. If you are interested in finding them on the internet and not through your podcatcher. um, so we got that taken care of.
0: Um. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, TJ, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I said this last week when we were on with Chase, and I will say it again. Um, TJ is here because we have put out a call to say um, we are searching for guests. We're searching for new people to have uh, here on the network, and we have been amazingly fortunate uh, to, to find some awesome people. If you would like to be one of these awesome people, if you yourself are on a podcast, if you think you might want to be on a podcast, this is a great way um, to kind of, uh, you know, stick your feet in the water and see if this is something you might actually want to do. Um, I I would like to think that Will and I are probably about the least intimidating pair of people you could come on and guest with on a podcast. It's been a breeze. At least verbally, physically
1: speaking, you're a very intimidating man. Oh, I uh. terrified. I, however, <laughs> not very good, not very large, or very good at protecting myself at all. So,
0: right, yeah, okay. Well, I, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have agreed with that that quickly, should I? I probably shouldn't <laughs> well, have. It's, uh. it, it's a thing. Okay. I mean,
1: you, we are talking to the man who has a tally board sitting next to him, how many times you're going to slap me in the head the next time you see me. So it's not like you're remarkably frightened of me. So it's yes. un- your, your opinion is understandable.
0: Yes. Check one so anyway uh <laughs> check out uh go ahead and check out the the you know all of the episodes of stuff and things while you're out there um and if you'd like to be uh on uh, on the show um by all means get in touch with us you can tweet us at stuffthingsrob
1: <laughs> every time you say it it makes me laugh yes 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 yes
0: uh tj again thank you so much for coming on if someone would want to uh, get in touch with you via the twitters how would they do that
2: the best way would be to tweet at me. It's at T-E-A-M underscore Cosgrove.
0: So team underscore Cosgrove. Excellent. Uh, Will, if someone wants to talk to you, how would they do that?
1: Oh, I love that he has an underscore since we're an underscore friendly network. Um, the best way to get in touch with me uh, via the Twitters is at my name. Don't actually put in at my name. Uh, it's Will Fenge, W-I-L-L-F like in Frank, A-N-G-U-Y. Or you can go to just about any podcast hosted here on the network and find a way to get in touch with me that way if you just want to hear me ramble on and on about things that i actually know about right not, not like and or and, and or other stuff lars
0: which you know yeah, that's cameras, why we have really the,
1: good at cameras i'm good i am good at the camera
0: that that's why we have the stuff <laughs> and the things um I, I i'm not ashamed to say i am kind of good with the cameras you can find me at rob fangy on instagram um uh, or on twitter either or r-o-b-f-a-n-g-u-y um, until next time, uh, thank you for joining us. Please uh, send us your feedback, and we'll see you next time. Will, you got anything else? Don't forget to tip your waitresses on the way up. Please do not. Do not. Thanks, y'all.
1: Thanks, CJ. Thanks,
0: Mike. All I- right.